is saying. First of all, welcome to 2022. We made it to the new year. Congratulations, we're here today. And I just wanna say, God has something brand new for us in this year. I wanna share with you today a word that's been on my heart for the past couple of months, and I'm excited to say to you that we're starting a brand new series entitled, Every Day Wins. Every Day Wins. We truly believe that you and all of us can win every day. I truly believe that God wants you and your family and your business to win each and every day. But I think many of us, we have felt over the past two years, we have felt either a sense of loss or we felt stuck. We've lost hope, we've lost joy, we've lost time, we feel stuck in time, we feel stuck like we're standing still. And I know many of you feel like that. Many of us feel that way today. But I'm here to tell you that God is about to move, and he's about to move you into the future that he has for you. I know many of you, you felt like you've been stuck, but could it be possible that God has just had you standing still? There's a passage in the word of God that says, be still and what? Be still and know that I am God. I wonder if in this season of stillness, what God is wanting to cultivate in us is an intimacy with him, a closeness with him, a connection with him. That it's not about holding you back, but it's about preparing you for what he's gonna do in the future. He's ready to propel you into the future. So if you have felt stuck the past couple of years, I'm here to tell you something a little different. I want you to change your mindset and let's dial into what the mind of God is all about. Instead of feeling stuck, I wanna suggest to you that you're smarter. Today, you're smarter. You value the things that you have around you. You value your family, you value your friends. You're smarter today than you were yesterday or even two years ago. Many of us, we've fallen into the trap of believing that some days you win, some days you lose. But I think through this season, you've learned that some days you win and most days you learn because you've learned how to turn losses into lessons. God wants us to turn our losses into lessons. He doesn't want us to stay stuck. He wants us to grow smarter. Also, instead of staying stuck, I wanna suggest to you that you're stronger. You're stronger today than you were yesterday or two months ago. You're stronger today than you were yesterday. You may feel weaker, but you're actually stronger. For you see, faith and courage and grit and determination are like muscles. They grow under tension. God has, had, has allowed this situation to stretch us and to put us under tension and make us stronger. He's wanting us to be stronger so that when he tells us to move, we're ready to run into the future that he has for us. You may have been weaker yesterday, but you're stronger today. Say stronger. You're stronger today. 
You may have felt stuck, but the third thought I want to share with you is that you're still standing. Look to the people to the right and to the left of you. We're still standing, church. We're still here. We've made it through. God has gotten us through by the grace of Jesus Christ. And I think we just need to give him some praise right now and say, Jesus, thank you for letting us still be standing. He's the one who's allowed us to stay standing. This is what Proverbs 24, 16 says. It says, the godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. There's a Japanese proverb that says this. If you fall down seven, get up eight. You just have to get up one more time. You just have to get up one more time. Don't stay down. That's when you get defeated. You may fail and you may trip, but if you get back up, God can move you forward. Don't stay down. Get up. God is saying to the church today, he's saying to those of you online, it's time to get up. It's time to get up. It's time to get up because I'm ready to take you into what I have for you. I'm ready for you to win. In fact, that's the theme for this year, for 2022. The theme for this year is win. We want you to win, but most importantly, God wants you to win. God intends for you to win this year. What the enemy has stolen, he's gonna return to you. God's gonna return it back to you. You thought you lost time, but he has the ability to multiply time. Why? Because he created time. And if he created time, he can multiply time. And if he can multiply time, he can multiply your effectiveness. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I'm here to tell someone God is gonna give you back what you felt like you lost and so much more. He's ready for you to win. We want your marriage to win. We want your family to win. We want your kids and your students to win. We want your relationships and your friendships to win. We want your business and your finances to win. We want your neighbors and your coworkers to win. We want this church to win. We want our community to win. We want you to win. God intends for us to win, church. And I'm here to declare a new season, not because of my own words, but because of what I've sensed for the last year or so in my spirit, this word win. It's time for us to win. Because when you win, we all win. 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 The problem is that many of us have the wrong mindset about winning. We think winning is all about the big wins. We always think that it's all about the Super Bowl moments. We think about that it's about the graduation, it's about getting married, it's about having kids. <clears throat> we seem to think that life is all about the big wins. And the problem with that is that whenever we don't experience a big win, we think we are losing. But what if, what if we're not actually losing? Imagine for a moment, just think for a moment, what if we could win each and every day? I believe when I say that, something in your heart jumps because anytime I've asked this question of myself, my heart leaps within within me, and I just have this sense that God wants us to win each and every day. And the way we win big is by winning small. It's about valuing the small wins we have in our life around us. So I want you to take a moment and just think for a moment about the small wins that are already in the landscape of your life that you can be appreciative to God about. I'll give you a couple in my own life. A small win that makes a big difference is the fact that I have a wonderful wife who
who loves God more than she loves me. I've got two kids who are pursuing God and who are willing to lean into the presence of God. I have a phenomenal job. I get to do what I believe God has created me to do, which is to tell people about Jesus. I'm here to tell you my life is blessed more than I deserve, and it's because I'm willing to look at the small wins that make a big difference. You can win each and every day. Mom, when you get your kids off to school each and every day, that's a win. Mom, with a newborn baby, when you get your baby to sleep all the way through the night, isn't that a win? Yes. Parents, when your kids clean up their room on their own, isn't that a win? Yes. Small wins make a big difference. And so I want you to just appreciate the small wins that God has put in your life. In fact, I've titled today's message, You Can Win Again. I'm gonna say it again because I want it to get into your spirit. You can win again. You can win again. In fact, to make this personal, I'm gonna change this statement slightly. I'm gonna say it once, and then when I repeat it a second time, I want you to say it with me. This is the statement. I will win again. I want you to say it with me. I will win again. Say it again. Say it louder. You can and you will win again. If God is for you, who can be against you? If God is for you, who can be against you? It doesn't matter what the enemy throws at you. It doesn't matter what the naysayers on social media say to you. It doesn't matter because God, if he's ordained it, it's gonna happen. Nothing that he has spoken will ever return to him void. Whatever he says, he will accomplish. And so if he's saying to you today that you're gonna win, all you have to do is just hold fast to him because if he is going to cross the finish line, if you cross with him, you're definitely going to win. He's going to help you win this year. You can and you will win again. I want to take us to God's word because I want you to discover that God talks about winning in the word of God. So open up your Bible of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to look at verse 24. Open up your Bible, your Bible app, your Westover app. Let's look at the word of God together. This is what it says. Verse 24. Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I will run with purpose in every step. God intends for every step that you take to be run with purpose. I am not just shadow boxing. I'm not just punching at the air. I'm actually trying to make contact. I'm actually trying to get stronger. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. He's saying, everything that I do, I train for the purpose that God has put before me. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Now, you may be wondering, why exactly did the Apostle Paul write this? Why did he write this specific message to the Corinthian church? Let me give you a little bit of history here. The city of Corinth is a city in Greece. And the Greek people were the people who created the Olympics. And they were all about athletic competition. They were all about people getting stronger and competing to win. And so when he writes this, he's saying, I'm trying to speak to you in a context and in a way that you understand. And to make it more personal about the church in Corinth, here's the thing you need to realize. The church in Corinth was in this city of Corinth, and Corinth was a host city for what's called the Ismian Games. Now, the Ismian Games, what they were all about was preparing people for the Olympics. In fact, the Ismian Games would happen every two years. 
It happened the year before the Olympics and the year after the Olympics. So in the city of Corinth, people would show up and they would go to train and prepare and win. And they would go to win prizes. And so when Paul is writing, he's saying, I want you to train like those athletes. In this run of faith, in our race of faith, God intends for us to run to win. To run to win. Now in this passage, what he says is that just like in the Olympics, in a race, there's only one winner. Now many of us, we feel like we're on the outside of that. He says in the Olympics, there's only one winner. But occasionally, there are circumstances that align that allow for a different outcome. In fact, at the 2020 Olympics, which was hosted last year, there were two high jumpers who were competing. They had completed all of their rounds and they were tied for first place for the gold medal. And they had the option to go to a jump off or to do something else. I want you to hear the story, so take a look. Jump off, do they not? They may indeed. Yeah, I think In we're going to go we again. Are. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, we can continue with the jump off. Can but we have two gold? It's possible. It, it depends if you decide. If you both decide on the jump. agreed to share the gold medal and that is what it means to Tamberi, a man whose career was almost over with injury so too Mutas Essabashim he's charismatic he's a huge personality and they will both taste gold in Tokyo this is an absolutely insane night in the stadium isn't that incredible they both won the gold medal. And they were both excited about winning the gold medal, but they were overjoyed because not only did they win, but their friend won. For you see, in this circle of elite athletes, they all know each other. They all compete against one another. And these guys realized the moment that they were in gave them the opportunity to both win the gold. And when I saw this when the Olympics was on, something in my heart jumped and as I was preparing this message, I was reminded of this moment. And I realized that that's the way it is in the family of faith. For you see, when you win, this other person wins. Because when you win, we all win. And I just say, praise the Lord, that in the family of faith, whenever you win, I don't lose. We both win. And God gets the glory. He intends for us to win. He intends for you to win. He intends for your family and your marriage to win. So today, I just wanna challenge you. I'm gonna give you a 90-day challenge. Give God 90 days, and he'll change your life. Give God 90 days, and he'll change your life. And part of this challenge, what I wanna talk to is the parents and the adults and the couples. Can I invite you to commit 90 days to come to church each and every weekend? Come, bring your kids. Bring your students, come. One weekend, one service, each weekend for the next 90 days. I truly believe that if we give God 90 days, he can change our life. The research says that 
It takes 21 days to change a habit, and it takes 90 days to change a lifestyle. I don't know about you, but I want to change to the lifestyle of God. I want to get the best that God has for me and my family, and I'm willing to say, let's go after God. Let's press in for 90 days. Let's give him a chance. Let's not let another year go by trying to do it our own way and realize that we're still stuck six months and a year from now. Let's do it God's way for 90 days, and let's see what can happen. Imagine what God can do in 90 days if we just give it to him. Let's take 90 days and make an impact. Today, I wanna share with you three ways to win again. Three ways to win again. The first one is focus on the finish line. In life, there's always a finish line. In a race, there's always a finish line. And the way athletes win is they cross the finish line but they have to stay focused on the finish line. Often, athletes will get distracted by something up in, the stay, up in the stands or they'll get distracted by the athlete they're competing against and they lose the race. In fact, this is what happened a couple years ago. Now keep in mind, there were, they were running a marathon, that's 26.2 miles. And these two athletes are paying attention to one another, trying to beat one another, and they cross what they think is the finish line. And then they see someone do this and point this direction. They had crossed the wrong line. And so they stop, they turn, and they start running. But guess what? The third place guy was still in full stride and he was focused on the finish line and he kept running and focused on the finish line and he crossed first and the other two guys crossed second and third. Imagine running 26.2 miles and missing it by 50 meters because you weren't focused on the finish line. I don't want that to happen to any of us. We need to stay focused on the finish line, you may be asking, Pastor John, what is the finish line? Well, I'm glad you asked. As believers, as people of faith, the Apostle Paul gives us what the finish line is. Look at verse 25, look at what it says. All athletes are disciplined in their training to win a prize that will what? Fade away. But we do it for what? For an eternal prize. For us as believers, the finish line is heaven. The finish line is heaven. The finish line is heaven. In fact, this is what I tell my kids. Very often I tell them, just make heaven. Whatever you do in life, just make heaven. I want to see you in heaven. I want to see you and your family and your kids in heaven. Just make heaven because that's the finish line. We need to focus on the right finish line. We need to focus on what's important to God. What Paul is saying here is that athletes, they run to win temporary prizes, money, a medal, and fame. But he's saying focus on an eternal finish line. I've discovered that temporary finish lines never fulfill. Say it again, temporary finish lines never fulfill. If you're pursuing money, fame, success, followers on social media, I promise you it will never fulfill. In fact, I'm here to say to some of you, some of you, you really crave applause but applause is about the most temporary thing in the world. But getting to heaven is eternal. Temporary finish lines will never fulfill. For you see, we are eternal spirit beings with a temporary body. We're temporary in our body, what we're eternal in our soul and spirit. We need to focus on what's important to the king. 
And what are the things that we can take across the finish line into heaven? Ourselves, as we believe in Jesus Christ, the good works that we do in, our, in this life with the people that we love, the way I treat my wife, the way I lead my kids spiritually, the way I invest in the people around me, the team in this church, those are the things that God allows me to take to heaven. And also the people that I lead to Jesus Christ. I want us to focus on building a bigger heaven. Why? Because a bigger heaven is a what? It's a better heaven. A bigger heaven is a better heaven. God intends for us to build the kingdom, not our own platform. He intends for us to build a bigger and a better heaven. And I just say, why don't we all commit to say, God, we're gonna help you build a bigger and a better heaven. And I promise you that if what matters to God matters to us, what matters to us will matter to God. We need to be willing to say, God, I'm willing to follow you. Let me say this, let me give you a reframe on verse 25, what I hear the Apostle Paul saying. I'm not diverting from the original text or the original intent, listen carefully. This is what the Apostle Paul is saying. All believers are disciplined in their training to win an eternal prize that will never fade away. I don't know about you, but I don't wanna miss heaven and I don't wanna miss the finish line that God has for us. So here's my question for you today. What's your finish line? Is it money? Is it success? Is it fame? Is it applause? If you live for people's approval, you'll die from their rejection. Or is it something more eternal? Is it intimacy and closeness with God? Is it following him daily? Is it building a, a stronger marriage and a stronger family? Is it leading people to Jesus? I hope that's your finish line. I hope you're focused on that. Because if you're focused on temporary finish lines, I can almost promise you that next year, the goals that you set this year at the beginning of the year will be the same goals that you set next year. So set some spiritual goals. Yes, it's important to go exercise. Yes, it's important to take care of your body. But we need to focus on the finish line, the spiritual finish line. This is one of the reasons why we're calling this church to 21 days of prayer and fasting, 21 days to change a habit can change your life. 21 days of prayer and fasting. You may be wondering, Pastor, I'm new to faith, I don't know what fasting is. Let me tell you what fasting is. Fasting is simply this, giving up what you really like for what you really need. Giving up what you really like for what you really need. Giving up that food that you really enjoy, those donuts, maybe those late night Oreos. I've given up late night Oreos, just so you know. Giving up what you really like for what you really need. Maybe some of you, you need to give up something digitally. You can do a digital detox from social media or from video games. Maybe from the news. I'm here to tell someone, bad news isn't news, it's poison for the soul. If you wanna feel bad, just turn on the news. But if you wanna feel good, turn off the news and open up your Bible and read God's word because this word is living and active and it'll make a difference in your life. And I promise you that if you give up things for God, you'll get more than what you give up. Let the hunger of what you give up be turned to him. So as you fast, whatever you give up, whenever you feel that hunger or that temptation to go to that thing that you've said, God, I'm willing to give up for you, let that hunger be turned to him.
Because again, when you give up things for God, you always get more than what you give up because you get God. And when you get God, you get everything you need for life and fruitfulness and for success. So be willing to leave some things behind for just a season and say, God, I'm willing to do it for you because I want to get closer to you. Let's do it, church. I believe that if we do what we've never done physically, we'll see what we've never seen spiritually. Jesus prayed this way, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What Jesus is modeling for us is there's things that God already has planned in heaven for you and I, but we have to align our heart and our life and our body to be receptive for what God has already ordained in heaven. And one of the best ways is to deny our body something so that we can get the kingdom of God. I don't know about you, but I wanna get the kingdom of God. I want his will to be done in our lives and in our hearts and in our future. And if we're willing to give something up, I believe we're gonna gain more than what we give up. The second way to win again is to train with purpose. Say train. Train with purpose. In life, we must train for where we're going. Now, if you've been around athletics at all, you'll discover that if athletes don't train enough or don't train correctly, they get injured. You see it time and time again. An athlete, they're a professional athlete. They've been in the league for a couple years and they think they've got it, so what do they do? They are casual and they are not focused in the off season. And then when they get four or five games into the season, they, oh, they tear a meniscus or they tear an ACL and then they're out for the entire season. That was preventable. If, you if they just would have trained correctly, that's what the Apostle Paul says. We must train with purpose. This is what he says in verse 26 and 27. So I run with purpose in every step. Every step that I take is purposeful. I don't wander aimlessly around. Every step I take is purposeful. I'm just not shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself may be disqualified. Again, he's writing to this culture where they're talking about training. In that culture, those folks were focused on their exercise, their nutrition, their hydration, their rest, they were dialed in. And Paul is saying, you Corinthians, what I wanna encourage you to do is take that same focus and discipline and apply it to your spiritual life. This is the main idea of this specific passage. Train with purpose. Train with purpose for the purpose that God has for you. Prepare with purpose in this season because in life you're either preparing or repairing. You're either preparing or repairing. Preparing is hard, but you'll experience the pain of growth. Repairing is devastating because you experience the pain of injury. Preparing keeps you in the game. Repairing takes you out of the game. And God wants us to stay in the game, church. Stay in the game, church. Stay in the game, train with purpose. Prepare now in the season of pause for what God has for you. I know many of you, you've set New Year's resolutions. Maybe it's to exercise more. Maybe it's to drink water. Maybe some of you said, I need to drink more coffee because it has water. And that's how I'm gonna get my water intake. We need to prepare 
with purpose. Just like you've been intentional about setting your New Year's resolutions, we need to make some spiritual resolutions. And I'm here to call as one of the pastors of this house to say, let's make some spiritual resolutions. In fact, at the end of our time today, I'm gonna give you the opportunity to make some spiritual resolutions, to make a commitment before God to say, I'm going to choose your path this year. I'm gonna do it your way to see the outcome that you have already promised. We must be willing to train with purpose. Here's my question. How are you training your soul and spirit? How are you strengthening your spirit person? Are you getting stronger spiritually or are you neglecting that? I hope not. Today I wanna share with you two ways to train spiritually this year. On Wednesday nights we're starting up Westover Equip. Now Westover Equip is for everyone. And the whole focus for Westover Equip is to teach you, to equip you as a believer for what God has for you. We want to help you learn how to read the Bible and let it come alive. To discover how the Holy Spirit can work in your life and how he can lead you into the future. We wanna teach you about how to share your faith and how to lead someone to Jesus. We want to equip you for what God has for you. It's free, you can come. It's starting this upcoming Wednesday. We want you to take a step. If you've been sensing God say, I want you to go deeper, I want you to get closer, this is your yes. Saying yes to equip. The second way to grow and train spiritually this year is to join our school of ministry. Now, we've actually renamed the School of Ministry, and now we're calling it the Westover Leadership School. We want to help you learn how to lead in life and in ministry. I know many of you, you have sensed an unshakable tug in your heart from God, and you have the sense that God is calling you to something more. He's calling you to ministry, maybe full-time ministry, maybe in the marketplace, maybe in an emissional way. If you have sensed a call from God in your heart to more than the school of ministry, our leadership school is for you. That's why I want you to text ministry to the number on the screen. Do it now, do it right now so you can begin to take steps to get involved and be a part of it. And if you need someone to speak with today, our leadership school director, Angus Davis, is gonna be at the Resource Center right at the end of service. He'd love to talk to you about the steps that you can take to join the leadership school. You can win again, but we must decide to show up. You can win again. And the third way to win again this year is to run your own race. Run your own race. Run your own race. Look at what Paul says in verse 24. Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs but only one person gets the prize, so run to win? When we read this passage again, we think that if we win, other people are gonna lose. But God has set you up for success. In fact, I wanna put it this way. God created you to win your race, so run to win. If you try to win someone else's race, you're gonna lose because it's not your race. Don't try to be someone else's copy. You're an original. You're an original. God intends for you to run your own race. And if you run your own race, you will most definitely win. God intends for you to win, church. He wants you to win. 
He wants you to succeed. He wants you to cross the finish line. But it takes us showing up. Over the past two years, our pastoral team, myself included, we've talked to many people who just gave up. They walked away from faith. They walked away from family. They walked away from their marriage. They walked away from their kids. They walked away from the dream that God gave to them. They gave up. They, as it were, quit right in the middle of the game. They took off their jersey, they threw it to the side, and they quit. I don't want you to quit. I want you to play to the whistle. I want you to go after all that God has for you. I want you to win. God wants you to win. We're, we're as a church, we're wanting to invest in you to help you and your family win. That's our focus this year. But we can't win unless we show up. We need to show up to the starting line. And I'm here to call you to the starting line. Whenever there are races, especially marathons, the announcer always says, runners ready. And what what do they do? They walk right up to the starting line and they're ready to go. We need to show up, church. And this is your show up moment. And so today as I close, I wanna give you a show up moment at the starting line that God has for you. So I'm gonna invite us to stand front to back, side to side, those of you in the balcony and those of you who are a part of our online family, stay with us. I've been thinking about this moment. You can and you will win this year, but today we have a decision moment. We have an opportunity to step up to the starting line and God is giving you this moment. I'll tell you, If you start late in the race, you're gonna be behind all year. This is your commitment moment. I don't want you to miss the exit into the plan and purpose that God has for you because if you go down the road and you try to turn around, you're gonna lose time, you're gonna lose focus, and this is the moment. This is the moment you've been praying for. This is the commitment. This is the moment where we say, yes, I'm gonna show up to the starting line, and when you fire the gun, I'm gonna chase you. Now, couples and parents, I want to invite you to jumpstart. This is your yes moment. Be willing to say yes to that opportunity. Believers, be willing to say yes to 21 days of fasting and prayer. Those of you who want to go deeper with God, be willing to say yes to Westover Equip. Be willing to give God the next 90 days. And if you do, I can almost promise you, yes, I can promise you on the, the word of God that what he has spoken will be accomplished. You will win and so today as I pray I want you to pray and I want you to say yes to Jesus this is our moment church I want us to bow our heads and close our eyes and if you're here today and you want to say yes to what God has for you if you want to win on the count of three I want you to raise your hand one two three Yes, there's dozens, if not hundreds of hands in this room. God sees it. Now, as I pray, I want you to say yes to Jesus. In fact, those of you who are online, I want you to type yes, Jesus, if you're making a commitment today. And as I pray, if you're here in the room and you wanna say a commitment to God, be willing to say yes, Jesus, as I pray. Let's pray together. God, I pray right now for your people today that they would say yes, 
to the starting line you put before them. Help them not miss the exit that you have for them into your future. Let them not miss the moment that they're in, the moment that you've given them to say yes to you, to say yes to you. May they be willing to give you 90 days. And at the end of the 90 days, well, they'll be able to declare, God, you've been so good, you've been faithful, you've gotten me catalyzed into the future you have for me. God, I pray for this church and these people, God, that they would have courage and grit and determination and a willingness to say yes to you. Right now, just say yes, Jesus. If you're committing today, say yes, Jesus. I want what you have for me. I want what you have for me. God, I pray, Lord, that, that you would seal this commitment and that you, through your Holy Spirit, you'd give them strength, that you'd breathe life and hope and a future into them, that you would let them know that they can win and that you're gonna give them the strength that they need to fully pursue you and that at the appropriate time, you're gonna lead them forward. You're gonna catalyze them into what you have for them. We say yes to you, Jesus, and we entrust all of this to you in the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said amen and amen. It's been a delight to have you here today. If this is your first time with us, my wife and I would love to greet you at Guest Central in the main lobby. We hope to see you next weekend. God bless you, and we are dismissed. <laughs>